it's always interesting. I mean, I know that we have a way that we do church, you know, and we worship together and we lift our hands and we get into the presence of God and then we bring a word. <laughs> I'm so often left <laughs> undone, unraveled, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing to step into. <laughs> um, but makes it difficult at the best of times. Um, for those that are watching at home, um, for those that are part of the family, uh, you'll know that we're just rotating with the numbers that we're allowed. So we're allowed 20, so we're rotating those. So if you're not here today, know that you're on our hearts. Uh, but we will certainly get you in the house next week or the week after, depending on how we go through our family. But for those that are here today, thanks for being with us. And for those that are home, thank you for joining us. Um, I think it would be nice just to stay in a place of being unraveled in his presence. Yeah. You know, just to be able to sit there is actually a really lovely, warm, warm place. Wow! <laughs> um, the presence of God in the house is not diminished because the people sitting here have diminished because of restrictions. That certainly has not wavered whatsoever. God's um, presence when his people come to be a blessing and to worship him is as strong now as it ever was. So uh, we have the five of us, the fabulous five. You've got the fantastic four in Marvel, but as far as church is concerned, we were allowed the marvellous five, you know, um, every week. And we've just had a wonderful time, really, haven't we, Im and Ryan and others. Roscoe, who's, a, who's actually enjoying um, uh, some respite, getting away into the country just to freshen his batteries. Uh, we've just been undone ourselves and just really sat after the service and just mingled and chatted and talked. It's been really lovely. But now we're somewhat together again. And I'm going to talk about, what I want to talk about today, um, if I can hold it together, is this, the thought of perseverance. The New Testament talks about persevering over and over and over and over and over again. And the last month, what we've been concentrating on is the love of the Father and how much He loves us. And it's that core truth that gets us through from day to day, particularly in the season that we're in. I've heard of churches that don't talk about COVID. How can you not talk about COVID? We're in the middle of COVID. We're 18 months, in, almost two years into COVID. Like, you know, I type COVID into, into the computer. It accepts it now. It doesn't try to change it. That's how long we've been in it, you know. Autocorrect's no longer fixing it. Like, it, it's just here. We're in lockdown one minute, we're out of lockdown the next. We're getting jabbed one minute, we're not getting jabbed the next. Regardless of where you stand, we're in it right now in this season. And to know God's love in this is probably paramount to anything and everything else. So, um, I've said to many people, and I don't know why I'm saying it now, but anyway, for those that are wondering, that um, we know that different governments are flouting, you know, the... Um, uh, the, the vaccinated church service. Uh, I, as the Minister of Mackley Church of Christ, again, don't know why I'm doing it on film, I'm streaming, but I can't do that. Uh, the churches are open to the broken, to the lost, to those with AIDS, to those that are vaccinated, unvaccinated, to those that are married, unmarried, to those that are single, to those that are divorced, um, to those that are disabled, to those that are carrying pneumonia. The church is open, full stop. That's the way it works. Um, I, I don't know a gospel other than that. So will we run a second service for those that have their own concerns? Possibly, maybe. I'm okay with that. Um, but even that service will probably be open for everyone that's got concerns. Anyway, we're navigating together. So 
persevere with me as we make it up as we go along. Is that all right? Um, so Hebrews, Hebrews 12 verse 1, I'm going to jump into that, um, that particular verse and, um, and then we'll pray and we'll go from there. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The Christian life is not always a stroll in the park, is it? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we can still come together. We can still, regardless of whether there's people, no people, Lord, I thank you that now more than ever before your word is actually touching probably parts of the globe that it never has. Lord, with radio waves and audio visual stuff flying everywhere and bouncing off clouds and satellites, Lord God, and social media, your word is getting out further than ever before. And Lord, I pray that one word, Lord, spoken today would change one life. Lord, I'm believing that it'll change us all because, Lord, you're constantly forever forming us and forging within us and moulding us into the image of your Son. So I know that your word does that. But, Lord, our prayer is that someone today receives a word that sets them free in Jesus' name. And they receive a word that sets them up for tomorrow. That those, Father, that have been contemplating self-harm or suicide, that, Lord, from one word from today, Lord, that would change. That they would be given hope, Father, a hope to run with, a hope to persevere with, a hope to see tomorrow out. Lord, I hope, Father, that they know, I guess I'm knowing in their, in their knower that they have a God that loves them. And then regardless of what it looks like, it'll be okay. So, Father, we offer you this service. We offer you our prayers, our worship, our word. And we just ask you, Lord, to continually watch over us and bless us. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. So, 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 so. We know the Christian life's not always a stroll in the park. We know that. I guess it's safe to say that it's not a 100-metre sprint either. <laughs> uh, we know that for sure because it lasts our lifetime most of the time. Excuse me. Um, thank you, Tablet, for working correctly. So I guess what we're asked to run is a long-distance marathon, yeah? Really, that's what it is. Um, I guess those that are, are, are ready to meet God on their deathbed, that accept him there and then, they probably have the shortest race. <laughs> and they just make it straight home to the Father, awesome. But for most of us, you know, majority of people, it's a long distance marathon that we're called to run. And we're called to run it with perseverance. That's the race that the scripture suggests it's marked out for us. So we're, we're not called to put our faith in Jesus just in a moment. You know, it's not just a, a time where you put your hand up the front. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, you, you, yes, we, people come forward and they say the salvation prayer and, and we, we clap and churches and denominations take statistics of people that have given their heart to Jesus. But the reality is before they did that, there was already a journey. Before they did that, there was already questioning. Before they did that, there was already a wrestle that was happening, you know. And then after that point, that wrestle, that journey continues as we wrestle with the Lord, what he wants and how he sees things and what, what's allowed in life, you know? For a God that's in control, he allows things not to be out of control, but he doesn't dictate the outcome for many things. But he works all things together for good, yeah? So we know that we're not just called to put our faith in Jesus at, at a moment in time, but we're called to persevere. And, 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 and perseverance is just this huge theme, you know, throughout the Bible, particularly the New Testament. C.S. Lewis, is, I've got some really good quotes today. You'll like the quotes. I hope, I hope you like the quotes today. C.S. Lewis, 
actually says, God knows our situation. He will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of our will to overcome them. What saves a man is to take a step, then another step. I love that. What saves a man is to take a step and then another step. So, so what does it mean that we're called to persevere as Christians? Why does the Bible talk so much uh, about perseverance? It's a really good question. Like just in the season that we're in, it's a really good question to ask. You know, why have we been asked to have and exercise perseverance? Well, there's a couple of things. <laughs> and one of the reasons that we have to persevere is because God doesn't promise us an easy life. Like he just doesn't. He doesn't promise any of us an easy life. People may have promised you an easy life. Some well-meaning Christians may have promised you. And they come to Jesus, all your problems will go away. Life will be beautiful. You run through the daffodils. You'll never have debt or issues, problems with the relationship. Your children will sleep through the night. It will be like everyone's laughing. This, this is the best stand-up show I've ever been to. Like he doesn't promise, promise us an easy life. You know, he just, he doesn't. Father God's never promised that. I believe that our lives will be better if we come to Christ. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. But I, I don't believe that they will be easy. Yeah. You know, and, and, and in fact, in some ways, in some days, I think as Christians, our life can even be harder. You know, because we're, we're running against, often, the direction of the world. You know, and why is it that God doesn't promise us an easy life? Because he could. He could do that. He could do a genie. He could do a bewitched. He could do a twinkle of his nose. He could do any of that. He could really, couldn't he? He's God. He can control. If he wants to, he can just start things over. Why not make it easy for us? Well, I guess he knows what he's doing for one. <laughs> and two, he's got a plan. Um, a plan for all of us. And... One of the reasons he doesn't promise us an easy life is because that would go against his word. Because his word tells us that we actually live in a fallen world. Yeah? Romans 8 says, Romans 8 verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Like this is just, when you start to focus on particular words, it's really quite depressing. Right? And brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. So Paul compares the world with the next world, yeah, with glory, and, and describes it like this, where we are right now, our present sufferings, right? not worth comparing that creation was subjected to frustration, right? It's in bondage to decay because who knows that from the moment, this is revelation for many, I know you'll be excited to know. Nathan reminds us often at the dinner table, from the moment we're born, we begin to die. So we're in bondage to decay, yeah? Yet God created the world good, but we don't live in that paradise anymore. So we live in a fallen world where sins affected our relationship initially with God until we come to Jesus, yeah? It's, it affects our relationships with each other because you see that everywhere, yeah? 
The entire creation is so subjected to frustration because of sin that it waits for the day when God will restore it. Think about it. All of creation, the trees are there, subjected to frustration. And if they could speak, they'd be just saying, we're just waiting for God to restore things back to normal. Many of those trees have been there longer than us. (laughs) God created the world good, but we don't live in that paradise. And in the meantime, we live in that. So God doesn't promise that life will be easy. He just doesn't. Because he knows we live in a fallen world. Sin hurts, sin kills, sin destroys. And we live, we legitimately live in a world where sin surrounds us. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the cross. Thank God that we live on this side of it. Thank God that we're not mastered by it. Thank God that we're actually children of God, no longer sinners. Thank God that though we have the propensity of sin, we can choose not to. Thank God for that. But we live in a world where sin is everywhere. You know, he doesn't promise us an easy life because God reckons that as Christians, we're we're supposed to expect trials and tribulations. Thanks, God. (laughs) He says it really plainly in John. John 16, verse 33. And I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So he knew, Jesus knew that for a Christian, the world spells trouble. It just spells trouble. So when we stand up for Jesus in our faith, really, we could face opposition because the world stands opposed to God. And so often, the world stands opposed to those that believe in God, that have their faith in Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we're involved in a great spiritual battle and everyone who takes a stand for Jesus, for God, basically paints a big target on themselves. We don't talk a lot about this at church because, you know, we know that God is love, but the reality is there's an opposite of God. Yeah, Um, Things aren't always good. There is an enemy. We actually spent a good amount of time last week, after the service last week. None of you are privy to any of this except for the Magnificent Five. And we just sat talking about the fact that, you know, we are in a spiritual battle. And there are spiritual things that happen. And in the Western world, we often don't talk about it. But in third world countries where they still have witch doctors in villages and and stuff like that, the spiritual world is so real. And you and I are in a spiritual battle all the time, every day. You know, we don't see it the way others see it. But I can introduce you to people that see the spiritual realm. I can introduce you to people that see angels. My daughter sees angels. I can introduce you to people that see demons. Like, thank goodness I don't. I don't imagine they'd be pretty. I sense darkness, but I don't see their form. Praise God for that. We're in a spiritual battle. We need to be aware of that so we can pray appropriately. So that we can persevere when we need to persevere. Yeah? Paul and Barnabas, the first missionaries, brought people to Christ. They were, they were clear that life was full of trials. In Acts, it says in chapter 14, verse 21 and 22, they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith Quote, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. I love that. Not really. 
Not just a trial here or there, not just a few struggles at the beginning, but we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, those hardships, if you're asking me, is often just what comes at you in life, the stuff that rocks your faith, the stuff that causes us to question, God, are you, are you actually, do you know what I'm going through? You know, I can't imagine what it would be to be a parent who's lost a child because really at the end of the day, no parent wants, to go to, wants their child to go to heaven before them. But we have to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, to cling on to our faith, to remain steadfast, to believe that he's got it. You know, we're called to persevere as Christians because life is not easy. That's why there's this theme that runs through the New Testament. And in this season, if there's ever a time for you and I to persevere, it is now. Yeah? We shouldn't be knocked and blown over. We shouldn't be those, those reeds that are woeing because, of, because we're in lockdown or because we can't do this or because I have to have that or whatever it might be. We shouldn't be those people. Regardless of what our ideology is, we should be able to actually wear God on our, on our hearts, on our sleeves, so people can see him and receive yeah. him. Yeah. You know, Thomas Carlyle is an Irishman, but he says this, permanence, perseverance, and persistence in spite of all obstacles, discouragements, and impossibilities. It is this that in all things distinguishes the strong soul from the weak. Share this, is what he says. Now, God, God doesn't promise that life will be easy, but in this season, like this COVID-19 season that's been going over and over, we need to remember one thing. God does promise to be with us. Yeah? absolutely promises to be with us doesn't promise the easy life but he promises that he be with us and that's why we can say that becoming a christian makes our life better amen because he's with us may not make it easier but it makes it better so we're going to go through trials anyway yeah COVID 19 are you a christian yes are you going are you living through COVID 19 yes do you believe in jesus no are you going through COVID-19? Yes. <gasps> Did you see that? Believers and non-believers are going through the same trials. Yeah. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Like they're going through the same trials. So wouldn't it be better if you're going to go through a trial, at least to have a faith that knows, so you know that God's with you in that trial instead of walking it alone? Yeah. We have to persevere in our faith. Have to persevere in our faith. He's so loving. And God is so good, Father is so good, that he actually gives us, the, he gives us things to go through life's trials. He gives us two things, actually. Philippians 4, 6-7. See, first of all, he gives us his peace. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This has to be one of the best promises in Scripture. It has to be one of the hardest ones to cling on to when you're going through some of those hardships that you have to go through to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it's only those that go through those hardships that understand those hardships. If you've had a good life, everything's been great, you've never had a, 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 a big trial, whatever that might be, you don't understand what that means to someone who has and has, to, and has had to cling on to their faith for dear life. 
but they've gone through a hardship and they've persevered yeah, so that they could enter the kingdom of God. So they've kept their faith intact, believing that God's got it. You know, I loved um, for one of our lovely family members, uh, Judy, who's watching at home. She had an issue with her car. And for those who are in Australia, I don't know how it works overseas, but it's just insane. So she buys a new car from a showroom, drives it out. I've got my new car. Driving all over town, driving to Melbourne, back to Melbourne, doing it for two years. Takes her car in to get some work. And the mechanic rings her and says, do you know your car's not registered? She goes, what? What do you mean my car's not registered? So they ring. She rings Vic Rhodes to do a follow-up. There's no car registered in her name. There's no registration linked to her name. There's no record of the car dealer ever sending registration to Vic Rhodes. Vic Rhodes. Anyway, that's an in-joke for somebody. So for two years, she's been driving this car unregistered. Now for me, then she gets told, wait, wait, you can't register the car. You're not allowed to drive it. The place that you bought the car that no longer exists because we know that Holden doesn't exist in Australia, right? So we, they ha- they're the ones that have got to fix it. Now, I don't, I'd be freaking it. Now, maybe inside she was, but certainly through social media and other stuff, she actually was really holding steadfast to the things of God. Some of those things would have knocked someone out of the park. Like, how do you get through that? I can't pay two years of rich. How do, I, how do I get to my job? How do I do this? How do I visit my grandkids? What about, what, so I've spent all this money on a car and I can't get in it? Why, 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 why? We found out why. Another Vic Rhodes thing, wrong colour envelope, all sorts of stuff. That <laughs> but the point is, of all that, in the chaos, she held on to her peace. So when we face and hit those trials in life, we don't have to give in to worry and our anxiety. We don't. We shouldn't. But simply, the scripture suggests, bring your requests to God in prayer. There are a lot of things in life that are bigger than us, but we can take comfort in the fact that nothing's bigger than God, not even the season that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm, this is freaking me out. There's so much. There's truth here. There's truth there. I can see that. I can see that. Don't agree with that. Don't agree. 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 Don't. Yep, 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 yep. I don't know where I stand. People hate me. People love me. Lord, I can't take. Just can you, can you take it from me? I just need you. I, I, I just got to trust in you. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to give it to you. You know, when we bring our requests to God, you and I should know because of the great love that he has for us that he's actually heard us. He's heard us. Like, he hears us. And then he'll answer according to his wisdom, his power, his love. And so you and I can rest secure in him, even in this season. And so God gives us his peace, a peace unlike anything the world has to offer. He gives us this peace unlike anything this world has ever experienced. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So I love the fact that really... When he gives us peace, he's given us himself. And we know that he lives within us. We carry peace. Sometimes we just have to tap into it, amen? We need to know this. We need to hold fast and persevere in this. And then when we're going through these trials to help us persevere, he gives us his presence. You know, 
I love that. He not only gives us peace and he gives us his presence. I love the fact that they both start with P because it just makes it feel like I've researched better. But Matthew 28, 20 says, And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To the very end of the age. So when we're going through these white-hot trials, when we're going through stuff, for those that are listening at home, when you are going through things, yeah, Father God knows them and we can take comfort in the truth that God has promised to never leave us and never forsake us no matter what we are going through. You know, the Footprints poem. Everyone knows the Footprints poem. Yeah, and so you've got the guy and he's walking along and he looks back and he sees two sets of footprints and he says, God, what are the two sets of footprints? And that's you and I. We're walking hand in hand, side by side. And then he says, well, God, I notice there are times where there's only one set of footprints when I look back. Why, why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me? You promised you never would. And in the poem, God re- responds and says, I didn't leave you. I didn't forsake you. In those times, I was carrying you through your trial, through your tribulation. God doesn't promise us an easy life. But he does promise to be with us and to help us and to carry us through those hard times and to carry us through this time, this season. And knowing that should help us to persevere. Knowing that should help us to navigate and persevere this season. Helen Keller said, I am only one, but still I am one. I can't do everything, but still I can do something. And because I can't do everything... I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah? There is always something that we can do, no matter how small we might think it is. You know, Father God gives us these tools. And then, and then he says, listen, you know, I love you so much. I want to pour these benefits on you. You know, we're, we're not talking about unemployment benefits. We're talking about benefits from God. This is better than welfare. Yeah, this is really good stuff. He actually, see, one of the benefits the Bible says is that our faith in these trials, in these tribulations, in this season that you and I persevere, our faith is is proven to be genuine. It's shown to be genuine because of our perseverance. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of troubles. These have come... So that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even, through, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, I love this passage because the book of 1 Peter in the New Testament was written to Christians who were going through persecution. They were going through severe persecution for their faith. And Peter wrote to them to encourage them, asking them to persevere. Now, it's a little bit hard to see in the NIV. The NIV doesn't capture it as well as I think as some of the other um, translations. But what Peter is saying is not that their faith itself is of greater worth than gold. It's not what he's saying. But that the testing of their faith is more valuable than gold. The testing of their faith. If you read the same passage, 1 Peter 1, 6-7, with the message um, translation, and it reads, Now how great this makes you feel, even though you have put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime, pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Yeah? 
Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. It's the testing yeah, that's worth more than gold because that's what proves our faith pure. That's what proves our faith to be genuine. Yeah? So, oh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> we need to remember that we're called to persevere. And one of the benefits of perseverance is that your faith is shown to be genuine. Yeah. I know as Christians we should never judge people, but many of us have heard people say in the past about others that are struggling under the weight of their hardship. Well, they probably never believed. If they walked away, they probably never had faith. Now, I don't go with that because you don't know where they're going to come out the other side. But that testing that they're walking through will one day prove their faith to be genuine. The other side of that, it may prove it to be non-genuine. Yeah? But it's the testing that proves it. Charles Spurgeon said this, Faith untried may be true faith. But it is sure to be little faith. And it is likely to remain <laughs> dwarfish so long as it is without trials. Faith never prospers so well as when all things are against her. Her tempests are her trainers and lightnings are her illuminators. When a calm reigns on the sea, spread the sails as you will, the ship moves not to its harbour, for on a slumbering ocean the keel sleeps too. Let the winds rush, howling forth. Let the waters lift up themselves. Then though the vessel may rock and her deck may be washed with waves and her mast may creak under the pressure of the full and swelling sail, it is then that she makes headway towards her desired haven. No flowers wear so lovely a blue as those which grow at the foot of the frozen glacier. No stars gleam so brightly as those which glisten in the polar sky. No water tastes so sweet as that which springs amid the desert sand. And no faith is so precious as that which lives and triumphs in adversity. Man, that's a river quote. You and I, we are called to persevere. Christian everywhere. We need to stand and persevere knowing that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one true living God. Because it's our perseverance that shows our faith to be genuine. And our faith needs to be genuine in this season. You know, perseverance, it develops character. James 1, 2 to 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. So there's a work that perseverance wants to do in us. It really, like, I shouldn't use this word, bad luck. It sucks that we have to persevere through life's hardships, but it's perseverance that's going to finish the work that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We don't rejoice in the trials for the sake of the trials. Instead, as Christians, we rejoice in the trials we face because of what it may produce in us. Like that, that, that is the goal there. The testing of our faith develops perseverance. And the perseverance develops character. And our faith is proven genuine. 
You know, some of the most, I guess, solid, mature Christians I've ever met are those that have gone through the most extreme trials in their life, yet somehow have persevered. Somehow have persevered. You don't, you don't develop character in a dark room. You don't develop character in a vacuum. <laughs> you develop character in the trials of life. And as you persevere, you become mature. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark, yeah? <laughs> Think about that one. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. You know, Matthew twenty four twelve says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. He who perseveres to the end. He who perseveres to the end, even under the worst conditions imaginable, even in COVID-19. You know, it's really funny. For those that don't know, um, uh, we've got a, uh, a lady that comes in and does some admin work, and her computer sometimes changes the word COVID to covert. <laughs> Even in this covert season, you know, we're not supposed to be covert as Christians. In the COVID se- season, we're supposed to persevere, stand strong, so that people can see us. And receive from us what we're receiving from God, yeah? Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, it says in James 1.12, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Man, we just got to persevere. You know, some Christians pay the ultimate price. Often they're missionaries, often we call them martyrs. Yet even they who have lost their life are still victorious in Christ. Because although this world can kill the body, it can't kill our soul. Yeah? Can't kill our soul. Does its best to suck joy from us. But hey, can't steal our soul. It's an outstanding picture of God's deliverance, his salvation in the face of death. He who perseveres will be saved. So you and I, we're called to persevere in this season. Wow. And it's a tough season. You know, this morning's worship was sweet because Mel nailed it when she got up as the team were worshipping when she said, you know, um, it's his mercy. You know, it's his mercy that calls out to us and then we, and we run and we fall into grace. Is that right? It's almost like, you know, you hear of... of Chuck Norris calling his fists different things, you know. I can't remember what they are, but like for God, it's, I'll remember it later. But for God, it's like this is grace and this is mercy and we fall into those things. Yeah. You know, when we run to the Father, we fall into a place where he just loves us. But all we have to do is actually run to him. Yeah. All we have to do is turn to him. Yeah. You know, I sometimes, and I found myself singing my own lyrics for that song, just one word, you know, I run to the Father but it was, I come to the Father, you know, and I fall into grace. I, I, I come to him because I need his grace. I come to him because I need his strength. I come to him because I want to persevere, but I need him beside me, with me, holding me strong, keeping me steadfast. Yeah? See, so when we commit to Jesus, it's a lifetime commitment, <laughs> even in COVID. And regardless of whatever trials or persecution we may face along the way, as believers, we are actually we are set up and we are set, you know, and called to actually.
point our face towards heaven and to focus on God. You know, we shouldn't be running the race doing this, looking behind us all the time to see what's coming. We should be just focused on him. Can't drive a car that way. I know what they show you in movies. You can't do that. You have to look forward. Otherwise, if you're looking back, you're going to smash into something in front of you. As believers, we should be looking forward. You know, if ever the world needed to see believers in action, believers persevering, I believe it's now. You know, think of the old... Christian song, I've decided to follow Jesus. You know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, you know, the world behind me, no turning back. Though no one go with me, still I will follow. I'm going to persevere. My family might not follow you. My friends might think I'm nuts. My workplace might think I'm a, uh, some sort of s- spiritual hoodoo guy. I don't know. But I'm just going to follow you anyway. Joyce Meyer, battles are fought in our minds every day. I've got to finish with this quote. So we need hope, yeah? yeah? Battles are fought in our minds every day. When we begin to feel the battle is just too difficult and we want to give up, we must choose to resist the negative thoughts and be determined to rise above our problems. We must decide that we're not going to quit. When we're bombarded with doubts and fears, we must take a stand and say, I will never give up. God's on my side. He loves me. He's helping me. And I'm going to make it. So wherever you are, for those that are here, those that are home, you are going to make it. You are going to get through this. This season may extend and extend, but you are going to make it. Because he's with us. No matter the trial, no matter the challenge, no matter the jab or the no jab, you're going to make it. Hear my heart. You're going to make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together and let's stand fast together. Let's persevere and count the cost together. And let's together know that we have a God that actually is with us in the midst of our trials. Amen. So, Father, this day we come before you. We say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your wondrous grace that we fall into. Thank you that no matter the trial or tribulation, God, you are there. Thank you that you strengthen us, God. Thank you that you give us all that we need to face tomorrow. Thank you that you give us the energy in our legs, the, 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 I guess the volume in our voices, Father. You give, the, give us the wisdom in our hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord, that when we need you, you are there. You have never left us and you never will. You've never forsaken us and you never will. And Father, we ask you this day that as we continue to face life's challenges with you, Lord, that we would be a people that persevere, that we would be a people that stand strong, that Father, as was quoted earlier, the thing that shows the strength in a soul is that that person takes one step and then another. So Lord God, be with us in all of that, in every decision. Every moment, day and night, we give you all the glory and all the honour, knowing that we'll make it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Family, church, those that are watching, have a wonderful day. Persevere, persevere, persevere in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.